All right, Jan, I think we've talked enough bowl games. It's it's kind of weird. As I was going over like what three bowl games I'd pick, it is there's slim pickings this year. Not not only just because some of the bowl games are a little bad, but a lot of cancellations, a lot of teams not being able to compete. So uh, it's an odd year of bowl games. It's also weird for like bowl games where like the, all the bowl games were announced on Sunday and then there was literally a bowl game on Monday. So a, an odd, odd year for college football. Let's take a look now at the NBA. The NBA season is beginning tonight. I already mentioned it. The Brooklyn Nets will be taking on the Golden State Warriors. I got my Nets hat on. I got my Nets shirt on. I'm fully hopped on the bandwagon. I'm ready to go. Uh, we also got the Lakers and the Clippers battling tonight. Uh, we're just going to kind of go over a few uh, topics of the season that I wanted you to think on, and, and we're going to debate a few things. I'm sure we'll be in agreement on some things as well. Let's start with who the favorites are from each conference. Uh, I'll, I'll let you start as, at first. I think we probably both will agree on the Western Conference one, but I'm interested to see who you're picking out of the East. I'm picking the Nets out of the East. I am. I think they're a favorite with their talent. I think they're a favorite with their their coaching staff has shown so far that they're a good coaching staff. You know, it's early early games, obviously, but still, it's it's it would have been different if it hadn't worked that way, and it looks like it's working. Uh, I think the Bucks are barely second. You know, I think it's definitely a one A one B situation between the two of them. Uh, but yeah, I'm picking the Nets. I can't avoid. I can't not pick Katie and Kyrie. I mean, it's just. Yeah, got to do it. Dude, I, I agree. I, I went with, with, with Brooklyn as well. And um, I think, you know, I think you make a good point, especially in comparison to the Bucks. Like, we know Durant and Kyrie are proven commodities, especially in the playoffs. Like, Kyrie's got a ring. Durant's got two rings. I know Durant did it with the Warriors, but, like, Durant was the best player on that team. Uh, and Kyrie has hit big shots in the playoffs. So, it's like, who who is Giannis's second fiddle? I mean, that's that's more of what I'm bringing up, not so much as, like, critiquing Giannis as much as being like, can it be Chris Middleton? Will Drew Holiday have a big year? Like, I, I'm just not sure who his number two is. Uh, and, and I agree, you know, I, I complained about overhyping preseason, but I'm not even talking, like, results. I just think the way that the Nets offense looks, like, it looks smooth already. And, and this is a team that's nowhere near their ceiling. With KD just now starting to play, he, he didn't play at all last year. You mentioned Steve Nash, like he's been the head coach for about three and a half months. So like he's going to learn on the job as as the year goes on. I think he already looks like a great hiring, especially when you know he adds guys like Mike D'Antoni to his coaching staff. Like it's a team that that already looks like they've got a lot of things figured out, which I think is partly in due with like. But you take away Kyrie and, and KD, the rest of that team and, and DeAndre Jordan, the rest of that team's been together for a few years now. Like they know each other really well. They they know how to play well together. It's a supporting cast. It was why like I did support if they could get Harden to go for him because like that threesome of Harden, uh, Irving, and Durant is like how do you say no to it? But probably long term, it's better they didn't because when you got Levert and Jared Allen and now Landry Shamat and Jeff Green and Spencer Dinwiddie, like. The supporting cast is really, really strong there. You've got two superstars. There's no better one, two in the East. And, and I think Steve Nash is, is already implementing a, a similar – it looks similar to the offense that he ran with Mike D'Antoni in Phoenix. It's not quite as quick. It's not quite eight seconds or less, but it's it's quick. Like, they want to get shots up. They want to get moving. They want to move the ball. Uh, so I, I really like what we're seeing out of the Nets, and I agree. I think they're, I think they're the favorite, especially if KD can be – who we all know he is. Uh, and then I'll start with my West. I think we I think we both are going to go with the Lakers here. I'd be a little shocked if you picked anyone else. 
you know, they were the best team in the league last year and, and somehow have only gotten better. You got the best two, best one, two in the league, not even just conference and LeBron and AD. And, and then they add Dennis Schroeder, Wesley Matthews, Montrez Harrell, Marcus Gasol. Like, like this team is, is clearly the best team in the West. And I think the NBA. Yeah. I mean, you know, the, it's nice to talk about KD and Kyrie and I, you know, I think they can beat anybody, but you know, you have basically the same thing with the Lakers and a better supporting cast and, and you have the best player of all time versus like maybe the best player in the league. There's a difference between those two, you know, and not saying that LeBron James right now is better than KD, but LeBron James has been there more than anybody else. So when it comes playoff time, he's going to have the more experience and he's going to be able to change his team if he needs to um, more than KD will, if they get in a bad spot with the Lakers. But yeah, I mean, the question is who challenges them. It's not the question of who's better in the West. I mean, they were better in the West last year, and they're even better this year, and every other team has questions. So there you go. Yeah, they. I mean, of course, they didn't have to go up against the Clippers, so maybe that that series would have been tougher. But, like, the Clippers didn't – Clippers weren't there for a reason. So, really, the Lakers had no trouble going through the Western Conference and, and even in the finals – uh, and I think the Nets Clipper, the Nets Lakers matchup, I think would be interesting to me too, because I, I feel like the Lakers are stronger low post and down low, where the Nets maybe would be stronger on the perimeter. But even if like even if KD and, and LeBron are even out, or even if you think KD is is a little bit better than LeBron at the moment, then you go down to the AD and Kyrie comparisons, and I think we all, as much as I love Kyrie. And, and as good as I think he is, I, I think we all are in agreement that AD is the better player right now. Um, you mentioned challengers. Who do you think uh, are the biggest challengers for the Lakers in the West? I mean, I I I don't have a much of a different answer uh, for the first one. I think it's still the Clippers. I still think you know they're they still got all the pieces there to be challengers. Can they get them a little more together? You know, we talked about it last season. It was their first year together hard to really judge them for not being able to meld, but you know, Paul George is there. Kawhi Leonard is there. You still have good pieces there. Uh, and I think that's just going to aid them. They lose some pieces as well, but I don't think anybody that's going to make them less contenders. And I, I honestly think, and you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but this is the year. This is the year of Luka Doncic. If, if there was not a year before that was the year of Luka Doncic, I love Luka Doncic. And if Kristaps Porzingis can stay healthy, if he can just stay healthy, then you have Porzingis and Luka Doncic. How much worse is that one, too, than the other, you know? How much worse are they? Honestly, like, Luka Doncic, we'll talk about it later, but he could be the best player in the league next year. He very well could be. He could, he could, he's that good. So I I, I think for me, it's, and maybe that's a surprise, but I have another surprise, so I'm going to go there. But I have the Mavs and the Clippers are my, are my favorites. Uh, for that, yeah, I um, I I still do have questions about the Clippers, so I, I hesitated on picking them. Um, and and I I, I did think about the Mavs because you're right, like Luka Doncic, even if he's not the best player in the league, like quite yet, he's certainly the most impactful player on his team. Right. The biggest question for the Mavericks, I think, is is Kristaps Porzingis that number two, and and if he is, can he stay healthy? So I worry about the the total roster talent of the Mavericks. Like I think Doncic is, is going to make them be as good as, as anyone can as a lone player, but I, but I worry about the rest of the roster. 
I went with the team that that the Lakers went up against in the Western Conference Finals last year. I went with the Nuggets. Um, I, like the Clippers wise, like Ty Lue was an assistant in, in LA, but only for a year, so it's not really like he's been established. I I still just worry about the how Kawhi and Paul George and all those guys get along. There doesn't seem to be that team community, um, and maybe a year will will help, but it doesn't feel like it's no team community because they haven't spent enough time together. It feels like there's no team community because like, I, I'm not sure they really like each other. And I'm not sure you have, to, I'm not saying you have to all like each other on a team. You don't, but there's some weird animosity on that team that I worry about. Uh, so yeah, I went with the Nuggets. The Murray Jokic partnership is, is developing into something really special. I've never seen a big man that makes everyone around him better like Nikola does. And the team kind of just reminds me of the Warriors when they were on their rise. Uh, the, the few years before the Warriors made the, the NBA Finals, back when Mark Jackson was their coach. They just like, they've grown up together. They've all been a part of that franchise for a while, from, from Jamal to, to Nicola to Monte Morris. Um, now you got a guy like Michael Porter Jr. What's, what's his ceiling? So uh, I, I went with the Nuggets uh, as, as my surprise team or my biggest challenger in, in the West to the Lakers. But man, it's going to be tough to challenge, challenge the Lakers. I'll, I'll bring up my, uh, my biggest challenger to, I guess, my favorite would be the Nets. Jan, I'm going to stay in the Atlantic Division. I'm going to go with your Boston Celtics. Yeah, I, I, we, we've, we've waited. We've waited for Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum to make the next step, and it, it, like they're right there. We all know they're right there. They've they've already been just on the cusp of being absolute superstars for for what seems like years now because they kind of came into the league and, and were already so talented. Uh, eventually we'll have to stop waiting. Like eventually maybe they have just reached their ceiling, but I don't think they're yet there yet. They're still young. I think there's still a chance for them to, to take that next jump They're The post uh, of Boston still has a lot of questions, but I just think letting Hayward go was the right call. It's It's going to let those young guys, it's going to let Tatum and Brown really take control of that team. Like Kimba and, and Marcus, I think are like probably the leaders, but Kimba and Marcus smart are such smart players that like, there's no ego involved where like they might be leading the team in the locker room, but I think both Kimba and, and Marcus Smart know that they've got to give the reins to Tatum and, and Brown. And, and I think if Tatum and Brown can make that jump, they're, they're going to be an absolute contender with the, with the Nets. Yeah. I mean, I'm a little more worried about this season because I, I do think they have to make the jump this season. It's been enough time. Jason Tatum especially worries me with his inconsistency sometimes. So he has to show that that's gone. He really does for me to think that they're contenders, you know, I, and for me, it's kind of like, okay, you've had four years with this team, like, like not this team entirely, but this kind of Brad Stevens core. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And so if they aren't the main contenders, which they were, they were last season, they were, you know, they, they, so it's not like they're not there. You know, the Heat beat them and the Heat was a great team. And I think the Heat are the other team out of the East that I would say is there. Um, but, you know, they have to show that. So I'm, I, it's a very important season in Boston, I think, because if you if you stay at the same level, then you're not going to you might not even make the Eastern Conference finals with the Heat and the Nets being really good. And, you know, if you take a step back, you're kind of like, OK, what who like what are we doing you know like is it is this do we just keep saying you know, like you said 
like just wait until they're good because they have to be good at some points, you know, like they're great. Don't get me wrong, but like, they have to be great. They have to be- I think they're both like, I think they're both like all-star caliber and everything, but it, it, it does feel like the, the Celtics have plateaued a little bit. Like the success they had, even in their rookie year, when they made that run against the Cavaliers in, in the Eastern conference finals, like it, they've gotten there and then it's kind of been the same level of success. And so, yeah, I think that, I think there's a real question of, of when are they going to take the next step? Like, is Jason Tatum a first team, second team All Pro? Like, we know he's an All Star. He's going to be an All Star every year. But is is he that next step? Is he a top ten player in the league? He's got all the tools to do it, but he's going to have to do it eventually. I'm not as a big a believer as the Heat. I love the Heat, but I think the Heat and the Heat's culture really like benefited from the bubble and from that kind of. It almost was like an AAU tournament sort of feel instead of like a normal playoffs full regular season sort of thing so I think the Heat are going to be a good team but I'm not as high on the Heat this year as a lot of people are I'll be honest right yeah that's why I don't have them I have the Celtics as well uh I you know I think depending on how they they if they can draw the if they can draw from the bubble and do that this season then you know they they can definitely compete with anybody uh I I just yeah I worry about that too you know because the Heat there was a lot of good things going for them and and I think it would be crazy to see all of the things going for them as well. If all those players come back. That's how I feel, you know, like I, they're not going to be bad. Like I think they're, I think they're certainly would will probably finish in the top four top. I mean, should be top five of, of the East, but I, I'm like, is that all carry Like it, it all just seemed very lightning in a bottle. Uh, and maybe I'm not giving them enough credit and, and we shall see, but um, we'll see if they do kind of replicate those results. All right, Jan, let's go to surprise team. And pick a surprise team from each conference. You can start in either conference. It can be – I almost went with bad surprises, but I was like, I'm going to be optimistic for, for both of my surprises. But it can be bad, good, any sort of surprise. Give me a surprise team from the West or the Eastern Conference. Oh, I went with good surprises, so there you go. Um, it's more yeah, fun to with, do good surprises. Right. I mean, we can bash on a team, but we'll do that when they actually do bad. Then we'll do that. <laughs> then, we'll, then we'll bash I had on a, I had to bash on the bowl system the entire first half of the episode. I just want to be happy now. Right, exactly. Exactly. Uh, I went in the East. Let's stay in the East. I went with the Washington Wizards. They were, you know, right on the cusp of kind of being something like not great, but like good, which was surprising for that Washington organization. And now they get Russell Westbrook. Bradley Beal looks like he is excited. Like he looks like he's going to break out this year, really. Not that he hasn't been good, you know, but he's been carrying that team on his back with John Wall's injury. Finally got a running partner again. Yeah, and he's excited. And they have a lot of secondary pieces that are also exciting. I think Rui Hachimura makes another step up this year. You know, I think that he's going to be a good player. You know, Burton's obviously on the the perimeter. Uh, Yeah, I like their team. I really do. And I think the Wizards, you know, I think they'll be a surprise. Like we're talking top four. If you're talking Celtics, Heat, Nets, Bucks. You know, I definitely think, uh, yeah, I just definitely think they can compete with one of those teams and be, and be a surprise top four. Yeah, I love that. I, I was, I almost picked the Wizards, um, and and I, I agree with you. We're like, I don't even, I think it would be a disappointment if they don't make the playoffs. I think, like, I'm glad that you yeah. took the surprise. Is like, no, they're going to compete with the top of the East, and I think, I think you're right. I think they definitely can. Like, Bradley Beal has has been just out there in a wasteland just because John Wall has not been healthy. And so it's been tough on him and, and he's been playing great, but one man can only do so much. So like you said, I think the Davis Burton signing was great. 
getting Russell Westbrook. Like, I think Washington is a really good fit for Russell Westbrook. Like, there's a lot of talk about Russell Westbrook, and and, and I've talked about how he can be a difficult person on a team. I, I think, like, it, it's a tough thing to say because when you, like, hear that, people are like, oh, he's toxic or whatever. And that's never what I mean. He's just a tough fit because of, of his playing style. And, and I think the Washington Wizards with Scott Brooks, the, the coach that, you know, he went to the NBA Finals with, with the, with the supporting cast that's around him, I think it's a really good fit. And, and I think the Wizards – I mean, hell, I'd, I'd take the Wizards over the Sixers right now. They, they feel yeah. more like a, a sure thing to me. Uh, but I'll, I'll do my East team first as well, and I'm going to go with the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, uh, we know, yeah. the, we know the, tail, the tail end of the conference, the Eastern Conference, is pretty weak. And while the Hornets may have overpaid for ex-Celtics and Gordon Hayward and Tor- Terry Rozier, they're, they're still good players. And honestly, Charlotte's got the money to spend. Like, they might not be, like, the greatest free agent signings to make, but, like, you're not going to get a ton of free agents out there to Charlotte anyway. And so, like, I don't think it's something that's going to hurt them cap space-wise. Devontae Graham last year, one of the best-kept secrets in the NBA, showed he can score at the NBA level. And while I think the hype on LaMelo needs to simmer down a little bit, he does bring an excitement level to that team that they've never really had. So I'm, I'm picking the Hornets to make the playoffs as the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference. I love that. Yeah, they got a lot of good players in place there. They really do. So I think that I think that, you know, their ceiling is a little higher than their floor. uh, Then their floor is low. Yeah, for sure. And like, if you think about it with with Rozier, with Graham, with Hayward, like LaMelo Ball also, because I mentioned it, his shooting wasn't great. 27% the preseason. I I think he's got a ways to go to become a, a scorer in the NBA, but he looks the part of a point guard and he's not going to be asked to, to carry that team with those veteran guys on there. So I, I think there's some excitement over there in Charlotte. Uh, I'll go first on my surprise team from the West. I'm not sure. It, 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 I, I almost hesitate in this one because I'm not sure it's fair to say the Suns will be a surprise, but uh, I do think they will surprise people with just how competitive they are. I think Phoenix has a legitimate chance at a top four seed in the West. Devin Booker is a certified stud. I think DeAndre Ayton is ready to take that next step. And like, I really the thing for me was I, I considered what Chris Paul did with the OKC Thunder roster he had last year, and this scene it's Phoenix Suns roster is more talented than that Thunder roster. So if he can bring even just part of of what he did last year to that team, I, I think they become a really good team. I think they're clearly a playoff team, and I and I think they have a chance to make a run at the conference finals. Right. I mean, the only reason I didn't pick the Phoenix Suns is because I I took that as like that's not a surprise to me. With that right, team, yeah, I'm, I was like, I gotta, I gotta set the bar for their surprise hard because high because like right. they should make the playoffs. They should make the playoffs, and and you know they should. I mean, you know, there's a lot of good teams in the West that could that could obviously finish above them, but they should make the playoffs, and and they're a hard out to any team that has to play them for sure. So I, it's going to be exciting uh, to see what happens there. Uh, yeah, with my West team, I went. With the Minnesota Timberwolves. That's right. I love the Minnesota Timberwolves. They got Cat. They got D'Angelo Russell. They got Ricky Rubio now after that trade. And they got Anthony Edwards, the the rookie pick. You know, I think that they, you know, they have they have a lot of things to work on for sure, but they have a bona fide stud. They have a resurgent kind of not veteran, but like on the way to being a veteran. They have Ricky Rubio, who's an assist machine. And now they got, you know, a talented rookie. I think offensively, they've gotten a lot, a lot better uh, with the offseason. 
And so that I think they could make make a surprise and sneak into that last playoff spot. Do I think they're a contender? No, but you know, I think I think that they're going to be a much better team, and I think Anthony Edwards is going to be a much better player than some people expect him to be. I like that one. I mean, and you make a good point of like D, like D'Lo is young, so like his like age doesn't feel like a veteran. But for how young D'Angelo Russell is, he's kind of been through a lot as an NBA player. So like his experience level of you know all the drama in the Lakers and and going to the Nets and having a huge breakout and then going to the Warriors and getting traded like he's been through a, a lot of tumultuous stuff. Where I think his his age is uh is greater than his like or his mindset is eight or greater than his age would indicate. Uh, I think the biggest question for that team is, are they going to, they're like, they're going to be like the Iowa Hawkeyes. Like, are they going to be able to stop anybody? Because Kat and D'Lo and Ricky Rubio certainly do not give a damn about defense, but offensively, they're going to be so much fun to watch. And and I'm excited to see Edwards. I'm, I'm high on him as well. Uh, since you bring up Edwards, let's make our way to the rookie of the year predictions. Who do you have taking home rookie of the year this year? I'm going with a little bit of a of a curveball, but I think it's a well-deserved one. I got Tyrese Halliburton out of Sacramento. I love it. Winning rookie of the year because you know he dropped down that draft board for no damn reason, and he's with the team. He's going to support, be supported by Darren Fox there. He's got the opportunity to really get some meaningful minutes, and that dude can play. That dude can play. So look for Tyrese Halliburton to sneak in above the other three picks there. I got the same guy. I got Halliburton yeah. as well. I think, and and for the basically the same reasons. I think he fits perfectly with DeAndre Fox. And, and like you said, falling to the Kings also means he's going to be surrounded by more talent than if he was, say, in Chicago or New York. And I just think the pace of his game is is made for the NBA. Like there were times where he looked good in college basketball, but you could tell like he wants he wants to get up and down. He wants a free flowing game. He wants people moving and stuff. So I just think he's going to to slide into the style of the NBA a lot smoother than a lot of rookies. Right. And also like, you know, Anthony Edwards was the one that I was, you know, playing around with James Wiseman. We can say all we want. We know nothing. And LaMelo ball, you know, we also know nothing. Like we Wiseman Wiseman too is going to be tough. Like, cause Steph's going to get all the headlines. Right. Exactly. Wiseman would have to start at center and then like, bring them to the kill, and like kill yeah, it. Yeah. Like he would have, have to, to be that. like a 20 point score. Like it's going to be tough on, on, which is why I also was like, I thought Edwards as well, but I'm like, I don't think he's going to, sometimes you have to be asked to do, to still do a lot. And while her, Halliburton won't be asked to do a ton, he's still going to have the ball in his hands a good amount. And, and so, yeah, I, I totally agree. There you go. Yeah. I'm glad I, I, I had a feeling I was like, I know this is a sleeper pick, but I think, I think Matt's going to agree with me on this one. <laughs> It's a good sleeper pick. It's a damn good sleeper pick. It's a damn good sleeper pick. All right, now, Jan, one more NBA question before we turn our heads to the NFL and make our picks this week. It is our MVP predictions. I'll go first on this one. Uh, You know, Lucas had all the hype for MVP, and I think he's a smart bet. But I'm going to let my own bias take over, and I'm going to go with Kevin Durant. I think he's going to come back with a vengeance. I like, as I said in, earlier, he deservedly got flack for joining the Warriors, but we kind of forget he was he was the best player on the Warriors. Like By there was no far, reason yeah. for him to join, but like as good as Steph is, as good as Clay, Durant was the best. And and I think being with the Warriors and then being out a year, we've all kind of forgotten just how good he is. And we also know Kevin Durant listens to the chatter. 
arguably a little too much. I think he lets it get to him, you know, more than he probably should. But he listens to it. I think he's motivated. I think we're going to be reminded that he really is one of the all-time great scorers. And I think he's going to go off for, for a Nets team that gets the number one seed in the East. I love that. I love that pick. I certainly hope so. That would be so much fun. I certainly hope so. Uh, if he can return to form, uh, we're going to be having a fun NBA Finals, that's for sure, uh, with those with those two teams squaring off. I, I love the pick. I went with just with the trend of how MVP is going. It's someone who can score and someone who can defend. So I think that Anthony Davis is going to be this year's MVP. You know, he he was pipped My to bad. it. He was pipped to it by Giannis on both accounts, you know, in the defensive and in the all over, you know, and I think that this year he overtakes Giannis in both those departments. I think he's going to be the best defensive player. I think also because he's going to be asked to be, you know, like I, I LeBron is going to have to take more and more games. You know, the bubble was an outlier because he didn't have to play as much. LeBron didn't. So with a full season, AD is going to be asked to do more and more as LeBron in a short off season. Right. And a short offseason and the playoff run that just happened. You know, LeBron's going to be going to have to take more and more rest. And without LeBron, you know, the, the rest of the team's great and got better. But it's still AD's team. It's he still has to be the one to perform. So he's going to have to. So, you know, I, I think that he will. He's only made steps forward in his already illustrious career. And I think he grabs the MVP and I think he grabs the defensive MVP as well this year. Yeah, I, I love that pick, and and for the reasons you said, I, I I do feel like, especially now that they've won the championship, I feel like LeBron is is going to know he needs to, and, and he's going to be more comfortable saying, "All right, I, I've got to start handing these reins over," because I think LeBron can still play for a long, long time, especially now that he's a point guard. Right, but he's he's not going to be able to play as the guy. Anthony Davis has the chance to be the best player in this league, so I completely agree. I think LeBron's going to start handing those reins a little more. Partly out of necessity, and, and I think he's gonna. I think Davis is gonna have a huge year for for the Lakers. All right, you guys yeah. heard it. It's AD or KD. It's somebody with a D in their initials that will be taking home the. I guess Luka Doncic, LD. So the D last name has MVP on lock. That is Love what we'll that. guarantee you with. That's true. I'm I'm calling it. I mean, I'd be shocked if it was somebody else than those three. Honestly, it could be, but yeah. I mean, you never know what like storyline will come up. But but I agree. It, it seems right now, like the, I think all. Of them, I mean, of course, Giannis will will be in the talk as well. But uh, it should be a fun year, man. I like. I just think as as good as the Lakers are, and I do think they're the favorite. I just love the state of where the NBA is right now because as as much as they're the favorite. They don't feel like the same favorite of like the Warriors dynasty. Like when the Warriors were hot, it was like there's no one that can beat them. I think the Lakers can be beaten. Like I think they're the best, but I don't think the margin of, of them being the best is, is quite as big as when the Warriors were on top or, or even like the Heat teams. Like I, I, think, I think there's just so many – there's so less big threes and now a lot of big twos, and and that just makes the, the competition that much better. So – it should be a terrific NBA year. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, starts tonight, baby. Let's go. Let's go. All right. Now we'll head on over to the NFL. Jan, I'll, I'll update you on our picks. I was, oh God. I almost put my, I was sitting at four and three before last night. And I almost was like, well, I, I can probably just put myself down as five and three. There's no way 
the Steelers don't beat the Bengals by 14. After the first quarter, I was like, well, there's no way the Steelers are going to come back and win this game by 14. Like, they might win. Of course, they didn't. But I was like, they're not going to blow them out. So I did the week at 4-4. Four and four. You were at 3-5. and five. Uh, a, a tough week for us. You're now sitting at 36 and 39. I'm at 42 and 33. The one, the one good news, Jan, is in games of the week, since I've started keeping track of that, you're three and one, and I'm four and zero. Oh. So we—I think it was the Cleveland Titans game where where we uh, we split, and I and I got the one one on you there. But game of the week wise, we're doing pretty good. But uh, it, it wasn't our it wasn't our best week. But you know that's what happens when the Jets and Bengals win. Like, come on, right? And that's what happens when I when I put my hat with the Patriots more than once in my life. That's what happens. So you know you're not going to win them all. <laughs> Hey, I told you, every time you don't pick them, they win. Every time you do, they let you down. Well, I hope that happens this week, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we can hope for. Uh, I'll start first. I'll go with uh, the Buccaneers and the Lions. Tampa Bay favored by seven and a half. Bucks almost got themselves into a sticky situation last week by, by losing to the hapless Falcons. But as we know, Matt Ryan hates to keep a lead over Tom Brady. So Tampa was able to come back and get that win. They don't look that ferocious, though. Like, even in the middle of the year, like, I almost had to be go back on my words of, like, oh, they are a Super Bowl contender. But I, I held strong, and I didn't believe in them, and I, I like where I'm at. They're going to make the playoffs. There was a time where I said they wouldn't. They'll certainly make the playoffs. But they've got a lot of questions, and they're not they're not the team that I think we were expecting with Tom Brady. And they're, they're sort of – maybe it's not fair to say they're limping into the playoffs, but they're – they're jogging with an untied shoe or something. Uh, but the Lions, you know, they're, they're having quite a struggling year. Anytime it looks like they might do well, they shoot themselves in the foot. So I, I got Tampa, Day, Tampa Bay winning this game. I think the biggest thing is, can Tampa Bay win this game convincingly? Because, yeah, they beat the Falcons. Yeah, they beat the Vikings the last two weeks. But I don't know how you leave either of those games feeling all that confident. So I think they need a pretty just, – just a resounding win just to feel good about themselves – uh, I got Tampa winning 34 to 23 over Detroit. Yeah, you got to pick them over Detroit, but you know, that's not saying much. And I agree, you know, you came back against the Falcons, but we both know the Falcons love to give up leads and love to give them up to Tom Brady. So, you know, it's it's not I don't, you know, that's more on them. Uh, I'll stick with the Falcons. Uh they play they get no respite this week. They they go from this awful awful loss and now they have to go play Mahomes, who is an alien. And, and just beat the Saints because he wanted to. Uh, honestly, it's crazy. And uh, the Falcons endured, like you said, another embarrassing comeback defeat to Tom Brady. They were up 24-7 to with four minutes remaining in the third quarter. Just crazy. And, and, you know, this game, two different teams, obviously. Falcons are out. Chiefs are two games clear in the top spot. You know, the Falcons... The Falcons will want to do better this one, obviously, because they're getting embarrassed. But I don't believe in any chip that's going to be on their shoulder that chip should have been there already they should have been performing better and they haven't been meanwhile Mahomes he gets to play the Falcons defense he's going to be fired up he's going to want he wants to get Travis Kelsey that receiving title or or Tyreek Hill whichever one wants it you know and uh you know he's just going to be throwing whatever he feels like uh it's going to be a fun game for them uh, I, I will say the Chiefs are favored by 10 and a half, and I, do, I have them winning by a touchdown just because, you know, 
I think they don't have to do too much. You know, like while I think they're going to have fun, they're not going to try to win by more than, you know. So it's going to be one of those games where they win it by a touchdown. They're clear favorites uh, and they, it's an easy win. But, you know, it's the it's the game before the last game. They're going to rest everybody next game anyway. So they, they got the top spot locked up. So they're going to win by a touchdown. Falcons cover the spread, but only because the Chiefs don't have to. Yeah, the Chiefs, like, it's kind of like that Dolphins game. And the Dolphins are certainly better than the Falcons. But, like, the Chiefs are like, we we know what we can do. We're not we're not worried about, like, the style points anymore. Especially as de- defending Super Bowl champion, you're not. Like, there's you don't need to be. Uh, yeah. I'm going to talk about Dolphins and Raiders next. The Dolphins are favored by two and a half in this one. The kind of game that you almost expect the Raiders to win because they play bad against teams that suck. Or, or they play, yeah, they play bad against teams that suck, and they play good against teams that are good. Uh, so since Miami's kind of been on the up and up, you would almost think the Raiders would show up. But Tua passed the big Belichick test last week, getting the rookie quarterback win. It wasn't all due to Tua, but hey, a win as a rookie over Bill Belichick is a solid win. Uh, and I just don't really imagine this team letting down against a team like Vegas, particularly when you got corners like Xavier Howard and Byron Jones going up against Derek Carr, who's been turning the ball over all year. Uh, I got Miami winning this one, 27-21. Still holding on to that last spot in the playoffs, that seven seed. It'll come down to a big game with them in Buffalo next week. Yeah. Did you see the John Gruden wearing the wrong hat? Did you see that? Did you see the that? Oakland Raiders one? Yeah. So I, lo- I loved it. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, I can't vote for the Raiders anyway. All right, I I just need to get this out of the way because it's bumming me out, and I just want to like say it. Uh, the Bills play the Patriots. Um, you know what is there to be said? The 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 Patriots had the scenario to keep themselves in yet again. They were even playing a rookie quarterback, and they couldn't even get that figured out. You know the Bills, meanwhile, put forty eight up on the Broncos. <laughs> And the Pats could only put up 12 on the Dolphins. Uh, and you know what? I don't know that the Dolphins defense is better than the Broncos defense. So, I, you know, what does that even say? Uh, you know, this is really easy. The Bills are favored by seven. But let's be honest, they're going to go in as AFC East champions. and They're going to embarrass the Patriots by two scores. It's going to be it's just going to be the little because they want to beat the Patriots. They don't need to. They, it, it is it is a pride thing for them. Buffalo hates New England. They want to embarrass them, and what better year to do it than against a team that can't score anyway? So, Bills win by two touchdowns, cover the spread, and that is that. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think as, after, especially after a team like the like your Pats have dominated the division, like a new when a new kind of king comes, they they want to make their mark and get a little revenge. And I think even just like also like Josh Allen and the Bills, like they're kind of on a bit of a Let's let's show the NFL we're for real tour like that. That's why they wanted to go off on the Broncos. Like I think Josh Allen is, is sick of getting doubted. I think Buffalo's sick of getting doubted. And, and they, unlike the Chiefs, they do want to win with some spot style points. They want to yeah. show everyone just how good they are. So I, I unfortunately have to agree with you on that one. Uh, I'll talk Browns and Jets, a team that uh, still probably won't be beating the Patriots in the AFC East anytime soon. So at least at least you got that to hang your hat on, Jan. Uh, Cleveland uh, sure. favored by nine and a half in this one. <laughs> uh, the Jets, of course, we talked about it. Upset of the year last week, taking down the Rams, who were favored by 17 and a half. Truly a game no one saw coming, uh, and now they are in line to get that second pick. 
Maybe, maybe they like Justin Fields more than Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. But uh, I don't <laughs> think anyone's imagining that that, that win last week is, is the start of some big run for New York. And I think Cleveland's really, really feeling themselves. I know they had that tough loss to, to Baltimore, but it was still a great game. They responded with, with a solid win over the Giants. I think Baker Baker always likes the, um, the big lights. So playing in New York again, I, I think he's going to play well. And I got the Browns winning this one 35 to 17. Love that. Yeah. I mean, let's not get started on that. It was a good game, but like for the Jets and I'm happy for them and I shouted them out like I was supposed to. And that's all I'm saying about them. That's there's nothing else to say. Uh, and the Browns like need to win still. Like they, they still have like a lot that they can, you know, that they can do. So I think that, I think that uh, it's important for them to beat down on the Jets, which they will. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, let's go bears Jags. We talked about the Jags. Uh, the Bears with a, uh, you know, win over the Vikings and like an impressive fashion. Granted, the Vikings defense was a little injured, but they, I mean, they beat them. And, and David Montgomery is a bad man. He is a good, good player. I he's mean, on a he, tear. he's on a tear. He out, he outdueled Dalvin Cook. I mean, who, how many running backs can say that in a head to head matchup? It's hard to count them. Meanwhile, the Jaguars did exactly what they needed to. They they lost to the Ravens in resounding fashion, uh, and uh, now they just have to lose out, and they get Trevor Lawrence. So they did what they had to do, and uh, now they just can't mess it up. You know, the Jets messed it up, and now they it's theirs for the taking. Uh, the Bears, meanwhile, still need to win out in a in a battle with the Vikings and the Cardinals for that last spot. So they're going to win. They're going to win easy. I think the Bears win by two scores, cover the seven and a half spread. Uh, yeah, and they're fighting for that last playoff spot. Kind of a surprising surge forward at the end of the season. Yeah, did they? I mean, I was calling a few games ago, I mean, like, Bears are going to lose and Matt Nagy's gone. And now I, I think Matt Nagy's probably holding on to his job, especially if they can they can get into the playoffs. They still certainly have a great chance of getting into that seven seed. They got a, a game against the Packers in, in week 17 that, that may come down to it, which would, uh, I hope we get to break their hearts. But they're, they're, playing really, they're playing really well right now. And, and you have to uh, like commend Trubisky and also wonder if maybe Nick Foles ever should have been starting. Because I, I think as, as frustrating as Trubisky can be and the mistakes he can make, he can make plays that actually like have your offense get going far more than Nick Foles can. Like Nick Foles is, is, a, is a limited quarterback. Uh, I'll talk about my Packers next. They got a, a big, big game this week against the Titans. I almost picked it as one of our games of the week, but uh, I, I didn't want to let Yannick have the chance to pick against Green Bay, so I, I voted against <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, Tennessee rolled against the Lions while the Packers started hot, but kept the Panthers in it with some sloppy play in the second half. But both teams did get a win last week. Derrick Henry terrifies me because the Packers, I think if there, there's any you know true Achilles heel for this team, it is their run defense. It's been pretty weak all year long, and Derrick Henry has been the best running back all year long. So it's it's not the, a great favorable matchup there, but Rodgers at Lambeau in December is basically unbeatable. And and furthermore, the Pack need to win this game to make sure that they, they keep pace with that number one seed in the NFC. I think it – We've been close a lot of years recently, and, and it's it's kind of come back to haunt us. And so I think Rodgers and, and these boys know how important it is to make sure they lock up that number one seed. So I am going to take my Packers 31-24 to 24 over the Titans. 
Yeah, I mean, I I'm glad I would have I might have picked against them if I if I had had the chance. I might have. I don't I don't really know because I think for me the Packers should beat the Titans. They're the better team. Um, but I think this game is going to prove how how much we can rely on the Packers in the playoffs because their big thing is their running game. And if they get if they get exploited, there you go. That's how you beat the Packers. That's how you beat the Packers, and it's that easy. So I think that. It's going to be a big matchup, and um, yeah, I, I, I mean, they should win. You know, it's not like a hard; it's just like a bad matchup, like you said. So, uh, yeah, it'll be an exciting game to watch, regardless. The Titans, obviously, a game team that can also get blown out by forty points. So, who who, who knows? Honestly, with them, it's possible to decide. Um, I'm going to go Vikings Saints. Stay in the AFC North. There, uh, like I said, Vikings lost a vital division game um, versus the Bears. Uh, I say division wild card because it's not like either of them competing for their division, but uh, interdivision game. Uh, Dalvin Cook, you know, did well. David Montgomery outdid him. Vikings are now two games out of the wild card and need to win out and get a lot of help in order to make it. Uh, they're one game from elimination. Uh, the Saints endured a hard loss as well. Lost the top seed to the Packers with a loss to Mahomes. Um, but, you know, with Green Bay, when you talked about with Green Bay playing the Titans, there's still t- like the games to win it back. You know, so I, I think that we had the we had the tiebreaker over them. So we actually had the the top seed last week because we beat them head to head. So they would need they would need a little more help from us than just losing a game. Right. But what I'm saying is if you guys were playing the Bears and a bad team, then I would say there's no chance because the Packers aren't going to lose. They are at least a team that I feel like you guys very feasibly can lose to. And then if you lose a rivalry game, then that, that's that. Um, if you were playing two bad teams, I wouldn't you know, they're not going to lose two bad teams in a row. That's not going to happen. Um, but yeah, I think that the Saints defense, while they lost to Kansas City, they didn't look, look the worst. You know, they they didn't look like they were completely inept. You know, the defense looked you know decent. It's just that Mahomes was like he's an alien, so that's like he was doing things that quarterbacks can't do, um, that people can't do. So uh, the, the the real question is, can Drew Brees throw better? Because he looked stinky in his return. He really did, and uh, I think he had like a forty percent pass accuracy, which was like the third lowest in his career. Uh, in a game. So he needs to do better. He really, really does if they want a chance. And uh, I, I don't know if he will, you know, it, it's the, it's the question. He has to do better for the Saints to be a viable contender. And he's an old guy coming back from a bad injury. You know, how much is that hurting him? How much has that hurt, you know, him keeping up with his talent? Uh, but I think in this one, the defense for the Saints rebounds after a hard game with the, with Mahomes. I think they eat up that run game uh, that Dalvin Cook usually enjoys um, more than Chicago's defense did. And I think the Saints win by 10, cover the spread, and eliminate the Vikings. Especially after the uh, the last couple of playoff meetings between these two with the big upset for the Vikings last year, of course, the Minnesota Miracle. Like, I'm sure these Saints are, after two losses, they're like, all right, let's let's kick the crap out of Minnesota. Let's kick their asses. We're done with this. <laughs> All right, I'm going to go to Panthers against Washington. Uh, Washington and Carolina both gave good fights against Seattle and Green Bay last week. Washington only losing by five. Of course, Panthers only losing by eight to Green Bay. Uh, I, I don't know why Washington threw the ball 50 times with Dwayne Haskins, but uh, you'll never I, – I was such a big believer in Dwayne Haskins coming out of college, but when you're wrong, you're wrong, and I was wrong. This guy is not an NFL quarterback. Uh, meanwhile, Teddy Bridgewater keeps having really a strong season for Matt Rule. I love the trajectory of where this team and this franchise is going. 
I know Ron Rivera will, will want some revenge against his old team, but with no Alex Smith under center and having to rely on Dwayne Haskins, I, I just don't have faith in, in Washington. Uh, I, I think Washington's defense is better than Carolina's, but Carolina's defense is very opportunistic. So I'm going to go with Carolina getting the upset win 24 to 20. Yeah, it's amazing in the NFC East how every other week we're wrong about what we said the week before. I mean, we'll talk about we'll talk about the Eagles here soon. It's just like it's like oh, the, the Giants are a contender and Washington is going to win that division, and now both of them look like the worst teams in the league. So I'm just like, I don't know. Oh, one of them has no. to win. I think we've I think we've done pretty well on on uh, tempering our our expectations of the East, but certainly there has been like a lot of people are like, oh yeah, now they're gonna take division it's like i mean even they win the division crown like it's still of a shit division you know right they've made the playoff bracket the playoff chart for the nfc look so weird because there's a bunch of e teams before any like a bunch of teams that are still somehow in it like there's like these teams eliminated but the next team up is still in it so like it with three less wins is still in it because their division is garbage right uh but yeah i like that pick i think the panthers you know, they've had some up and down games for sure, but they're only on the right path and love the players that are there. And they don't have Christian McCaffrey. Let's just be let's be honest. They don't have Christian McCaffrey. And that is a completely different team with Christian McCaffrey. Uh, let's go to the NFC East. It's a battle. It's the Philly Eagles versus the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, it's going to be a good one. I really do. You know, they both had uh, surprising not wins, but they both had surprisingly good games uh, last last week. You know, the Eagles, close loss to the Cardinals, 33-26, to 26, with Jalen Hurts shining again. Four touchdowns total with three thrown and one rushing. Meanwhile, the Cowboys beat the 49ers in a really surprising offensive explosion, 41-33. to 33. And Matt, without Ezekiel Elliott, who missed his first game ever through injury, Tony Pollard took over well, had two scores. That's got to hurt Zeke's confidence, but, uh, you know. When you when sometimes that happens, sometimes sometimes you know you just need a player a different player to be in there, and it, it works out that way. You know, CD Lamb had a kickoff uh, return score, and the Cowboys got a good win. Both can still win the NFC East despite having a combined nine wins, uh, which is just ridiculous. Um, and uh, yeah, I I think though you know whoever loses is out probably. Obviously, like the Cowboys the the Cowboys have the better record, so maybe it's not 100% set in stone based on the other teams. But uh, Philly definitely needs to win or they're out. And, uh, you know, Eagles are favored by one and a half, so it's obviously a close score. But I think Jalen Hurts, I'm a believer in Jalen Hurts for this season anyway. Uh, I think he continues to shine. I think the Dallas Cowboys defense, you know, they still let in 33 points against the 49ers. So let's calm down about, like, the Cowboys and their win. Uh, it was a good offensive showing. That's what it was. And I think, uh, yeah, Eagles win, cover the spread, win by a field goal. Yeah, man, that I just like I'm just taking a look at the NFC standings. Just like I, it is, it is insane. But it like when yeah. you said it earlier, like anytime it seems like maybe at least one of them is like, okay, you're probably the best team in in the division. They're they're not. Like none, yeah, none of them know. are good. Like it's just like or the, or they have to play a good team. Like. I think Washington probably had turned a corner, but then you have to play Seattle without Alex Smith. Like you're not going to win that game. So it's, it's anybody's uh, anybody's guess who will win. And uh, like you said, Jalen hurts, even in that loss, like he's, he's looked really, really good. Um, and 
I, I weirdly trust him more than Andy Dalton, oddly enough. Strange how that happens. And it, you know, sorry, sorry, Red Rocket. We love you. Uh, I'll go with the other NFC's team, the Giants. They're going up against the Baltimore Ravens. The Ravens are favored by 11 points. Baltimore and Lamar just keep chugging along to that last playoff spot in the FC. Of course, can't afford a loss because they are technically behind the Dolphins, uh, even though they're tied on record. Uh, the Dolphins have the head-breaking tie. So, you know, the New York win in Seattle certainly is now looking more like an aberration than, than anything else. It, it was a nice win for the Giants, but they haven't really been able to build on it. Uh, and, and Lamar, I think, is just like they're getting back to what they needed to do with Lamar. Like, I, I think at the beginning of the season, Baltimore tried to get a little too clever. They tried to they tried to just – they tried to make it more difficult on themselves than they needed to. And now they're really getting back to, to getting him in the run game, using Gus Edwards, using J.K. Dobbins, kind of having just a, a three-headed attack similar to what they had – last year uh, with Mark Ingram and, and Lamar. And uh, so I think Baltimore easily wins this one. They're, they're zoned in. They're focused on making the playoffs. Uh, and so I got Baltimore winning 38 to 20. Yeah, I agree. I, you, I, I, I don't even think it was they're trying to be clever. I just think they tried to solve the solution. You know, Lamar was such a good and such a specific player last year. Uh, so they were like, let's beat the, let's beat the curve and change him. Um, before defenses have found him out. And it's like, no, he's still that's being too clever to me. Yeah. I mean, I get yeah, that's fair. That's okay, like, that's fair. Yeah. Like, what, what is, why why? Why are you doing that? Because well, they were scared. No reason, you know? Like yeah. no reason to. Like it's like I I get I get like where you're coming from where it's like, all right, there's gonna be more opposition to this, but like until they can stop it, why 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 go away? Like if it ain't broken, don't fix it. Yeah, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And Lamar certainly isn't broke. Uh, He's doing just fine. Uh, Let's go to the Bengals-Texans game. You know, Texans lose another heartbreaker that they shouldn't have been in. Um, You know, they lose 27 to 20 uh, to the Colts. They lose to the Colts. They continue to compete, but Kuti coughed it up. So close. That was my alliteration statement for the the day. Uh, Thank you. Meanwhile, the Bengals upset the Steelers on Monday night football without Joe Burrow. Excuse me. What? I don't even need to talk about that game because we both know who it says more about. And it's not the Bengals. Um, You know, the Bengals are still the Bengals. And Deshaun Watson is is a Pro Bowl quarterback like he is for a reason, despite having the worst team around him. And so, you know, the, the Bengals are currently the Texans are favored by nine. And I think that's fair. You know, I think it's just like the talent there with Deshaun Watson versus Finley is is ridiculously outmatched. So Texans win by 10, cover the spread. Steelers are further embarrassed as their team loses to a team that's out of the playoffs. Um, and they're just like, yeah, we suck. That's what that is. Yeah, I like the Washington loss. Like, because like I said, I do think Washington was turning the corner with Alex Smith, but like the Bengals are going to be picking like third in this draft like the, the Bengals still have a long way to go that is that is a bad bad loss uh and as much as we thought the Steelers were sliding it it was still shocking but I I always like to throw my money with Deshaun Watson I'll go to my last pick uh, of my solo picks it's the Broncos against the Chargers Chargers are favored by three in this one both teams have had up and down years I, I think it's safe to say it's a, a disappointment for Denver that they have the same record as LA they're both five and nine Justin Herbert, absolutely tremendous as a rookie. He, he should break that rookie single-season touchdown record in this game 
locked at 27 with Baker Mayfield right now. So I imagine he'll at least get a touchdown. But I think Drew Locke, I mean, I know the Broncos just got shellacked by by the Bills. But as we said, the Bills are are focused in on, on making a statement to everyone in the NFL. So I don't think it says that much about a struggling Broncos team. And I'm going to go with the Broncos. I'm going to go with an upset on, on this one as well and have the Broncos winning this one 31 to 28. Okay. Okay. I Yeah, I like that. I mean, the Chargers have so many problems and Justin Herbert can lead them in a close game, but he can't erase those problems. There's a reason they lost to the freaking Patriots 40 something to zero. You know, it happens that way. Um, you disappoint me if you lost to my team this year. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, I uh, lost to my team. You suck. That's true. That's why I don't think the Cardinals are going to make the playoffs either because they lost to the Patriots. So they're they're the anti Marquette. They're the they're the anti Marquette of the NFL. I was literally just going to say I was literally just going to say that, Yannick. <laughs> they're like, if you lost to them, you're nobody to me. Uh, and I I wholeheartedly stand with that. Um, you know, I think the Ravens are the one team, but other than that, anyway, uh, 49ers Cardinals uh, is my final game. You know. This might have been an exciting game, but the 49ers lost to the Cowboys, eliminated from playoff contention. Meanwhile, the Cardinals outdueled a really good Jalen Hurts. Uh, and they kept they were kept in it in the right ways, too, right? Kyler Murray did fantastic. DeAndre Hopkins did fantastic. As long as they keep with that script and that those players can perform, they're gonna be a hard team for anybody to beat. They still have a chance to get the sixth seed still if Tampa Bay slips up. So that's still in the air there. Uh, and, yeah, I just think they're the much better team, and the 49ers have lost what they're playing for. So Cardinals win by 10, cover the three-and-a-half spread. Yeah, we've – I mean, we've commended the, the Niners for – the fact they were still in this playoff race this late with with all the injuries and COVID things that have, have imp- like impacted their team. It's – I think it's it shows that Kyle Shanahan really is a good coach. I think the question for the 49ers next year is – is Jimmy Garoppolo really the, the quarterback for their future? I, I'm not. I'm not sure he is because even with Jimmy Garoppolo replacing Nick Mullins, I it, like. I understand they have a lot of, of of other injuries and stuff going on, but I'm not sure Jimmy Garoppolo is that much better. Where like, if the Packers lose Aaron Rodgers, the Packers lose a bunch of people and still have Aaron Rodgers. If the Patriots, when they had Tom Brady, lost a bunch of people but still had Tom Brady, like those sort of quarterbacks would still as keep they them have in. both of those teams. Yeah. And like those those quarterbacks are so good that their teams are still competitive and still in in like games where I just don't I'm not sure Garoppolo's that but uh, yeah Kyler it, it's been fun seeing what the Kyler and the Cardinals have been doing out in the desert certainly have kind of slowed down from their hot start but I think I think the future is is decently bright there uh, all right Jan let's get to our games of the week we got two of them we're gonna start in the AFC I actually have a line to to tell you that uh, a bit of a change. Okay. The line I gave you for the Steelers game, and, and this is how much Monday Night Football has impacted this week. The Steelers started as a two-and-a-half-point favorite, and that was the line I gave Jan when we made our, our outline for this episode. The Colts are now a one-and-a-half-point favorite after the Steelers' loss last night. So the Steelers now sit third in the AFC with a loss here. They'll have a winner-take-all battle with the with Cleveland next week, for the AFC North Crown. You know, they struggled against Cincinnati's defense last night. I'm not sure how how I'm supposed to pick them to take on Indianapolis D. Like, so I'm, I'm going with Indy in this. I, 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 you would think the bleeding would start stop at some point for Pittsburgh, but after a loss to Cincy like that with with Indy and then Cleveland next week, I'm not sure the, the bleeding is going to start. So I'm taking the Colts to win 21 to 17. 
right? I mean, yeah, you said one and a half and I said, that's it. That's it. Like that's, that's all you gave the Colts really Uh, give them at least three. Yeah. I mean, the Steelers are reeling. They remind me of, you know, watching fellowship of the ring and you, and you want Boromir to survive after the three arrows that are dug into his chest, but eventually he's just bleeding out in the ground and he was always going to die. And that's just that Uh, Boromir, big Ben, same people. The Steelers offense, if they can't beat the Bengals defense, who can they beat? You said it. Who, who can they beat? Because here's the thing. The Bengals were not good because of their defense this season, even when they were looked good. They were good because they have good offensive pieces. You know, they have Boyd and they have uh, uh, T. Higgins and they, they jot Giovanni Bernard, who's always been a good player. They had Joe Burrow. Finlay was okay, but their defense should not no, have been Burrow. No Joe Burrow, but yeah. But like their defense – should not have been the thing that beat the Steelers, and it was. So I'm just questioning, can this offense do anything at all? You know, I, I I really don't know. They have absolutely no run game. They've had three games to try to figure that out, and they still haven't. You know, I, yeah, I I just think, I think the Steelers are going to make the playoffs and lose in the first round really, really easily, no matter who they play. I have no faith in them to win a single game with all the other good teams that are in this division. Uh, meanwhile, the Colts defense, you know, just beat Deshaun Watson, you know, granted Deshaun Watson's on a bad team, but Deshaun Watson's a hard quarterback to beat and they did it. So I, I, I'm going to maybe take a little bit of a, of, of a leap of faith here, but I think the Colts defense with that embarrassing running game, the Steelers have, I think that the game plan is easy. I think they, they pick off big Ben more than once and I got them winning by 14. Yeah. I mean, like the, the Steelers offense just looks like crap. Like it was because it wasn't even like so much of like Cincy's defense making the plays as much as it was like the Steelers offense being so poor that the Cincy defense looked great. Like it, it like you said, the defense is not why they were having the limited amount of success they've had this year. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, as long as Juju Smith Schuster keeps that dumbass dancing on the logo shit going on, the Steelers wow. aren't going to win another. They're not going to win another game. Apparently, I, I did read earlier Tomlin is going to talk. To, to Juju Smith Schuster, and he needs to because it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen in the pros. And when you're already on a two, like I saw him doing it last night during a two game slide and, and all this shit, I'm just like, are you kidding me, dude? Like, do you know what's actually going on? Like, where your your head needs to be right now? And I think that is like part of a bigger issue. Like, this doesn't feel like a Steelers team that's zoned in and focused. Like, that's why they got rid of, of Antonio Brown and, and like. Le'Veon Bell kind of in that sense too, but Le'Veon Bell mostly just wanted to get paid, which I will never hold anybody against that. Like if you're not buying into the culture, like the Steelers don't want you. And, and Juju Smith seems to be far more concerned with being a star than, than getting W's, which is right. an issue. Uh, all right. Our, our last pick of the week. It's our second game of the week. It's the Rams against the Seahawks. The Seahawks are now favored by one point. Jan, I'll let you go first on this pick. Right. I mean, another game where, Rams could have locked it up, and instead they're in a battle uh, for for the NFC West because they lose to the Jets. All I wrote to, for that was what, how, why the fuck is going on. Uh, no idea what happened there. Uh, Sean McVay is going to have to. It's an astute observation, like truly. Right? Just why, how, what, uh, I don't know. Meanwhile, Seahawks, you know, they held on to the 2015 win over Washington despite Washington getting two fourth quarter touchdowns. Russell Wilson looked bad in that game, though, man. Like, he had, like, 121 yards, one score, and an interception. That's, like, 
That's Ryan Finley numbers. That's not Russell Wilson numbers. MV, MVP Russell Wilson. I mean, come on. He's not going to get a vote. He's not going to get a oh, vote. He's, a, he's out of the race now. Like, if, if a couple of weeks ago the performance didn't knock him out, he's out now. Yeah, he's absolutely. And, uh, yeah, I think he's looked terrible. And, honestly, as bad as that loss to the Jets looks, I, I, I agree. I think it was a fluke game. You know, I think the Rams did poor, fine. Um, but they're the better team. They have the better defense. And their offense is just as good as the Seahawks with how inconsistent they are. So I think they bounce back in a crucial division win. Uh, they grab the top NFC West spot. Rams win by a field goal and uh, cover the, you know, they upset the, because the Seahawks are favored at two and a half right now, which I don't know why. Yeah. Well, it, it, it's dropped to one. So okay. uh, there you the, go. Money, the, money, the money is certainly heading towards Los Angeles's way, clearly, if they've already lost a, a point and a half uh, of what it started at. Yeah, I, I agree, and I and I think partly too, like this is such a, a a big game for the Rams divisionally and and playoff wise. Where I think now you look at that Jets game and you're like, oh, you guys were clearly just looking ahead. Like you you clearly didn't have a game plan for the Jets. You came into that game thinking we're going to beat the Jets because they suck, and and you were clearly focused on this game with Seattle. Uh, and, and I hope the looking ahead did them some good. I hope they're prepared because you said it. They, they're going to need the win now, especially if they want to win the NFC West. West. Um, I, I still do have more faith in the Rams running game. And, and like you said, like S- Seattle struggled, especially against good defenses and the Rams have a good defense. So I, I think McVay and the boys respond with a 31 to 30 victory in Seattle. Love that. Yeah. And it's also funny. Cam Akers is out for this game. And for some reason, I think that helps the Rams with their three headed running game. Basically, whenever another one of them gets a chance, he goes off because he's like, oh, this is my chance to be the starting running back. So Daryl Henderson's going to get 150 yards this game. I have no doubt in my mind. It's true. And like all, I guess, like I've said many times, there's Akers, Brown, and Henderson are all such different runners that like a defense might be prepared for like one of them, but then you throw in the one that hasn't touched the field in the three games and he goes off, like you said. So I, I, I think the Rams could – I have the Rams winning slightly with my score, obviously, 31-30, but like – I think there's also a good chance that the Rams like really just dominate this game for 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 four quarters. Right. And the Seahawks, you know what's going to happen is they're going to go into the playoffs as a lower seed and they they might provide an upset because that offense has the pieces to do it. Um but they're not a playoff team. We were talking playoffs at the beginning of the season. They're not a playoff team. They're absolutely yeah. not. Yeah, they'll they'll make it, but they're they're not a Super Bowl team. Like I That's, Yeah. They're not as a, Packer, as a Packer fan. Like I'm, I'm not that worried about Seattle. They, they, they can't stop the pass. They can't defend Russell Wilson. Like we, we've given a lot of credit to Jamal Adams and he deserves the credit, but your, your best pass rusher shouldn't be your safety. Yep. That's a bad thing. That's a bad sign. That's a red herring. All right. So those are all the, the uh, NFL picks for you guys this week. Go throw some money down, go make a lot of money. Uh, then you can, Waste it all on New Year's Eve. I don't know what you'd be doing, I guess. I hate going out on New Year's Eve, but those are our NFL picks. <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I, you know, don't go out on New Year's Eve. It's, it's a pandemic. Stay inside and drink. Stay inside and drink. All right, Jan. Now we make our way down to the cool down section That's of the right. episode. It's cool down. It's very, it's very Christmas winter centric. The first question I have for you, Yannick, is between sledding, a snowball fight, 
or building. I said snowman slash snow fort, but I'm just going to go specifically snow fort building. Which of those three is your preferred wintertime activity? Oh, for me, that's easy. For me, it is sledding, but like specifically down an unsafe hill where you might die. That is my favorite activity. I mean, I, if you've never sled and thought I might not make this, then you've not lived in winter. You've not lived in winter. You've never sled. You've never sled if you've not done it on the back hills of an Iowa elementary school thing that there is definitely traffic at the bottom of it. No, that's what you got to do. And there's like a nice, there's like, it got super cold. So like, it's basically just a layer of ice over the snow. So you're not even sledding down snow. Like you're basically just going down ice. Right. You're like, you're doing the, you're doing the bobsled. It's not even, it's not even sledding at that point. Exactly. Bob sled for sure. How about you? If you, haven't, if you haven't feared for your life and sort of injured yourself, you've, you've never sled. I almost went with sledding because I do love sledding. And when I was thinking about snowball fight, but you, but if you have to have like a good snowball fight, you need a good like snow fort. So I, I went with snow fort building um, because like our neighborhood just would always do it. And it was kind of fun too, because like different houses would have like, more snow or like a better setup for it depending on how the snow fell but you always wanted to build it at your house like you wanted to have the snow fort at your place so you had to like kind of sell your house to the other kids because like you didn't want a bunch of different forts you wanted to all come together to make a big ass fort and i remember have you ever seen the movie snow day uh no i have not i think i've only seen it like once or twice but when i saw it as a kid they had a snow fort in it where like the kid like goes down a slide and then just like basically goes into this massive cavern where they have, I'm pretty sure like a TV set up. Like it's just like this sick chill zone. And like after seeing that a sick chill zone, God, I hate myself. Uh, but, like, after seeing that, <laughs> clearly I haven't grown up too much as I talk about six, sick chill zones and snow forts. But I remember just seeing that movie. I was like, oh my God, I, I want to replicate that any way possible and so that was always the dream i never got anywhere close but uh yeah i'm, I'm gonna go with the, the snow fort but sledding is there those are two like pretty different activities so I, I i i respect the sledding call thank you yeah i uh i also i never built a snow fort in my life so i that was an easy one not to pick because it's not, I'm not i've not experienced it <laughs> it would be odd if you had picked it then i was like that sounds like the most fun but <laughs> i wouldn't be able to tell you I'm making snow forts. I've never done it, but I just, I can tell I'd have a fucking blast. <laughs> okay, Jan. We are now, what, three days from Christmas. So we yes. have to do it. We've done, we've done best do Christmas album. We've done best Christmas song. Give me your top five from five down to one. I'll just let you go first. Top five Christmas movies. Uh, from five down to one. Yeah. Okay. Let's do it let's let's do it okay at number five i have the 90s classic a muppet christmas carol hell yeah (laughs) it's such a good movie it's the best christmas carol out there i don't care what anyone says it's the muppets it's everything you could want it's family fun for all all right give me your four i'm letting i'm letting you do your top five and then i'll do my oh i see all right we're doing top five there we go okay at number four I've got the classic, It's a Wonderful Life, depressing, yes, classic, also, yes, 
Tis the Season. It's a great movie. I love old movies. Uh, they're they're great for a reason. Uh, and I love me. I love me some It's a Wonderful Life. So that's my number. Uh, huh? I said, Mary. Mary. Yes. <laughs> I thought you said, yeah. Oh, Jimmy Stewart. What an actor. I love actor. his freaking voice. It's hilarious. It is. Uh, at number three, I have another classic, a little less old. It is A Christmas Story. You will shoot your eye out, kid. Most importantly. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's number three for me. Uh, it, I don't rate it, rate it as high, but I, I do respect that the choice is it's a classic and deserves its spot in the top five for sure. Um, at number two, I have Will Ferrell and Elf. Ah, uh, what a good movie. What a good movie at number two. We've got Elf. I, um, just so many quotable lines. Uh, Will Ferrell at his absolute best. Zoe De Chanel is just a bombshell um, in that movie. Always, always. Uh, yeah, and it's a good movie, and it, it's just like such an interesting uh, plot, even to this day. You know, I, I I'm just always like, oh yeah, this is cool. It's like, it's still like hilarious. Like, it's just, still like, hilarious. The whole, like, the whole setup of it, like not even just the jokes, but like the whole setup of the plot is still just like this is kind of it's so simple, but it's genius of just like. This human man growing up in the North Pole. It's hysterical. It's so funny. And everybody's at their best in it. So I think it's really good. And at number one, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, for listening to my picks. But at number one, you've got Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. It is beautiful movie. It is just comedy gold all over the place. Uh, you got the Sticky Bandits. Uh, it, just what a good movie. And it's got like the 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 nice parts, and it's got like the funny parts, and just like the pranks that they that he pulls on these guys are just always. I'm always like, that's hilarious. I'm always so entertained. I have uh, I have a theory that uh, Kevin McAllister grows up to become the guy from Saw because he just like oh my god, he's so, he's so good at setting up these horrifying traps that just absolutely torture people. Um, we had, we had two, wait, no, we had three movies that are both on our list and two movies in the same position. So that, that's pretty exciting. Uh, I'll go with with mine now. And one of them that we have in the same position is number five. I've got Muppets Christmas Carol. Yes. I I completely agree. I I think it's the best Christmas Carol. I love, like, I also just love the Muppets. Like the Muppets rule. You got Michael Caine as Ebenezer Scrooge. It's, it's the best Christmas Carol for sure. It's got, cause it's got like. Christmas Carol is like pretty dark and it has like that dark element, but it's still fun. So I got Muppets Christmas Carol at, at number five. My number four, I actually prefer Home Alone 2. Uh, okay. in New York because I just like, even as a kid, and I, I guess it makes sense now why, why I live in New York, but I was just like, I love this dude running around the city and, and all the parts of, of New York and everything, um, but still has kind of the same spirit. Like I love that he also finds a, a crazy old person that like looks terrifying, but then is really nice. I also think Kevin McAllister, I'm like, dude, you should be scared of that old dude in the first one. And the lady, like the lady in the second one is covered in pigeons in the middle of central park. That's terrifying. So I don't think Kevin McAllister should beat himself up too much for, you know, being a little scared. Uh, But I got home alone two at number four. My number three, I don't care what anybody says. Die hard. It's a Christmas movie. You won't convince me it's not a Christmas movie. It's set during Christmas. 
John McClane and Holly Janeiro are having familial <laughs> problems, like all Christmas movies have. It's something that like is always the case in Christmas is like, or in Christmas movies, they're like, oh man, the family's not like doing well. John McClane and Holly Janeiro have that. Uh, McClane has to go through a very trying adventure, similar to like Kevin McAllister in Home Alone. And in that adventure, <laughs> he learns he learns a valuable lesson in appreciating his wife more. Like it has every element of a Christmas movie. I don't know how it couldn't be a Christmas movie. Also, it has one of the all-time great Christmas lines of now I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. So Die Hard, number three. If you don't think it's a Christmas movie, you're a moron. Uh, number two, this is the other one we have in the same the same position. <laughs> that's not just you. That's to everyone. I think people that don't think it's a Christmas movie are stupid. They're biased against it because it's an action film. It's... Mm a genre-bending action Christmas movie. Number two, I Got Elf. You already said, like, everything. It's it's just, it's so good. It's also one of those movies that, like, especially in Christmas time, I swear I'll watch it, like, 15 times because I just, like, throw it on the background and I'll, like, only pay attention here and there and just be like, oh, yeah, I love this part and everything. But, like, Will Ferrell's hysterical, Zoe Deschanel, James Caan, Mary Steenburgen, like, Ed Asner, the... Bob Hope or Bob Newhart, uh, just it's such a great cast and uh, such a fun movie. And then number one, uh, it was on your list as well. But this is this is the one I only watch this movie on Christmas, and it's a wonderful life. Like like you said, it's just it's timeless. It is it's it is emotional. Like I remember watching it as a kid, just being like, oh my gosh, this movie is so heavy, but it's just got a special place in my heart, uh, and and I absolutely love that movie. So. I got Muppets Christmas Carol, Home Alone 2, Die Hard, Elf, and my top Christmas movie is It's a Wonderful Life. But I like how much we uh, we had similar on each other's lists, especially having Muppets Christmas Carol and Elf at, in the exact same positions. That's pretty funny. Yeah. And and honestly, Home Alone 2, I, would put, I was going to put at the five, but I had to put Muppets Christmas Carol because I had Home Alone already in there. Uh, so I agree oh, yeah. with it. It's just as good and better in some points. Uh, and, and I agree. I agree. Die Hard's a Christmas movie. I I won't I won't argue with that one at all. I won't argue with that one at all. Not only is it a Christmas movie, it's a damn good Christmas movie. So I oh, there's yeah. no reason. It, there's How many no other reason action Christmas movies are there? Right. There there are some, but they're none of them are as good. Uh and and yeah, it's so Christmassy. It's not even that, oh, it just takes place, you know, during Christmas. That's the that's the only thing is that the time is there. It's like, no, they're they're at a Christmas party when everyone gets taken hostage. He's coming home for Christmas. Like the only reason that movie happens is because of Christmas time. Like that is really it. So they're like kind of separated, and this like trying adventure during the Christmas time helps bring them together. Like John McClane learns a lesson similar to like every freaking Christmas movie. Like it's an absolutely it's a Christmas movie. Right, exactly. The guy gets killed and has a Santa hat put on his head. That is that is that. So there you go. There's nothing. Also, just I, I freaking love Die Hard. Oh, such a good movie. I could watch that every day. I could watch You're Gonna Have to Kill Me. And then he shoots him. Ah, oh, yeah. R.I.P. Alan Rickman. Truly a, truly a great uh, movie villain. Like he, he was so good at playing a villain. He was that, that villain is one of the best. One of the best around. Hans Gruber. Hans Gruber. All right, Jan. We've talked Christmas movies. We've talked snow activities. But now we're going to turn up the heat because it's quick fire question time. Dun, 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 chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Jan's nuts roasting on an open fire because oh, you're on the hot seat. 
I'm on the hot seat. All right, first one. If you are starting an NBA franchise, do you go with Luka Doncic or Giannis Antetokounmpo? And they're the ages they are now? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Luka Doncic. I, I love Luka Doncic. I, and I know, like, Giannis has some MVPs and stuff. But with Luka, we talked about it. He, he, he can win his team. He, he can win his team a championship. I really do believe that. And, like, look how good the Mavs look, even without having a second, you know. And, and Giannis, I think he does need another player to make that next step. Whereas I think Luka, you know, I think he can evolve even more and really be the, that impactful player. Giannis is an impactful player. Don't get me wrong. But like the Bucks can play away without him, you know. He needs a second player to really, you know, kind of uh, what's the word to enunciate how good his other skills are. So I'm gonna go with Luca because I think ah, it's just Luca Doncic is so good. That, I have no reasons. I'm I'm going with Luca Doncic. Dude, I I agree. I mean, I I think Luca Luca has like another level. I think he can unlock, and also like similar to, to you know football Luka Doncic is going to touch the ball every time like yeah Giannis can bring the ball up and Giannis can do but like Luka Doncic is running that offense and so like when he's pulling the strings he can get assists he can get points he rebounds so well so I'm with you on that one it's it's a spoil for choice there's really no wrong answer on that uh next question do you think and I'm not saying uh, that it's going to be implemented in two years I think uh, I'm asking do you think the changes will be made do you think this, the college football playoff in two years will be expanded? By two years will be expanded? I think, yeah. I think, yeah. I, I would hope so. So I'm going to say yes. So I, I just think how many years have we gotten – Have has this been wrong? You know, like it's just like every year it, there's, there's issues. Every single year there's issues. I've never once thought that they did a good job. So either they have to – put different people, but I'm sure they've tried to change the people that are in there too, to make it better. And that hasn't worked yet. So I think just, you know, expand it. You don't have to expand it to 16 immediately, you know, expand it to six, expand it to eight, you know, it's really easy that way. You'll, you know, and, and you're always going to piss people off fine because you know, there's so many teams, but like, I don't know. I just think there's so many teams that deserve to be in the playoffs that aren't. And it's because there's only four people. Well, and I think too, like like you said, like sure people will be pissed off. Sure people will be like, ah, oh, we should be there. But like the fifth best team probably always will have a better argument than the ninth best team, you know? Like right. if you like, end it, like Yeah, I agree. It's like Texas AM, you probably deserve to be in. If since he's like barking up my leg, I'm like, okay, Cincinnati. But like, let's calm down. Like you look at the division you're in. Like, let's calm down. For sure. I agree. All right. Last one. You asked me this last night, so now I want to know what your thoughts are. Oh, what God. do you think Manchester United's ceiling is in the Premier League? Their ceiling. Uh, I think I think I think I agree with you. I think they can finish second. Yeah, I'm gonna say they can finish second. I think they're not better than Liverpool. They I don't think they can beat out Liverpool for first. Uh, but I do think the rest of the teams that are up there are all very inconsistent and they've shown that. So I think Manchester United has the talent to compete with them and is not, you know, they, they showed that they can have results. They climb from a little bit lower and they're up there now. And uh, there's a reason they're in that position is because 
it's not like last year where it was like Liverpool, Man City, you can't break those top two. You know, every everything is game for that second spot. So there's no reason that Manchester you can't, especially talking about a ceiling. Like, I don't know if they will get it, but I think ceiling-wise, second place is, is definitely a good thing to say for them. I don't think they ha- they can challenge Liverpool, but second place. Yeah, I agree. I, I mean, I, I find it tough to believe they can compete with, with Liverpool over 38 matches. But as you say, like last year, Liverpool and City, and even just Liverpool, like Liverpool by this point last year had a substantial lead in the league. Uh, and and all, the whole league feels a little more open. Um, so I'm, I'm hopeful, but we shall see. But you're you're off the hot seat, Jan. You survived. We've uh, we've made it through our, our pre Christmas episode. I want to thank everybody for for joining us for listening to us. Like I said, hopefully going to do I think one more before the new year. But uh, this will probably be my last episode hosting of the year. So thank you guys so much for for listening as much as you do. We really do appreciate it. Uh, stay safe. Wear a mask. Have a, a merry merry Christmas. Or, or whatever holidays you're celebrating or not celebrating. Just have, have a great rest of your year. Jan, do you have anything else for the people? Oh, it's it's holiday season, so hug your family if you've got them near and watch some sports uh, and enjoy yourselves. Cheers, y'all.